river's full of hope. I've got the urge to walk the prairie and chase the antelope. Aspen's gold on snow-capped peaks, the elk call me away. I can't keep my mind on working on this fine September day. I've got Nimrod neurosis, longbows on the brain. Welcome I'm back to the Track Quest Podcast. James Orr here. And as always, Bob the Bowhunter Borland. What's going on, Bob? Oh, not much, buddy. How you doing? Man, I am jacked up. Yeah, it's uh, it's time again. You're leaving in two days. Yeah, man. Two days. I'm just got the uh, the garage is all everything's on the ground. The wall tent, the stove, the chairs, the kitchen. Um, the damn kitchen sink, we got it all. Um, <laughs> lined up. Uh, got some firewood to cut tomorrow. Um, yeah, I got all. Uh, I got a brand new. The wife got me a uh, Felson shirt for uh, the trip for my birthday, which is tomorrow. Oh, did that come? Or day today? after tomorrow, I guess. You got it today, yeah. Did you try it on? You like it? My first. Dude, it fits like a glove. Like wow. it fits so perfectly. Like it was tailor made for me. <laughs> <laughs> they feel good when oh, you put them on too. Just like they're so warm oh. and cozy. You're like, oh yes, I can live in this thing. Oh, dude, it is awesome. It's this awesome gray plaid. It's gonna look awesome uh, out in the desert. Man, I just can't wait to get out there in that twenty degree sagebrush. Yeah, it looks uh, yeah, like we're... looks oh. like the weather is gonna cooperate. We got for those of you guys that. Haven't been listening. We got a rut mule deer come, hunt coming up here next week, so we're gonna be uh, what do we got? An eight day season and uh, seven day season. Seven day season and yeah, it's um, you know weather's weather's key at the beginning of November for those mule deer and doesn't look like we're gonna get a ton of snow or anything, but we got lows in the twenties and even the teens a couple nights and highs in the forties. Yeah. So yeah. It's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime hunt for us, too. I mean, it's a 13, 14-point hunt. There's only five tags, and we've got two of them. And so it's going to be uh, just a ton of fun in one of the most beautiful uh, settings in Oregon. Yeah, that, that high desert country. So should be yeah. good. Hopefully we um, can find a couple uh, couple dumb ones down there. Let us sneak up close enough to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully we get there three days early and get camp set up for us and hopefully can, you know, tie a couple to some trees before we show up. Yeah. James is, uh, doing a solid since my daughter's only three, I can't miss trick or treating with her. So his girls are older. So he's going over to do some scouting for us. We both spent quite a bit of time in that area on some antelope hunts and stuff. And you, so. Yeah, and you went over there this year with your wife and kind of yeah, drove around yep, and stuff. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so and we've bef- got some time in there. And- yeah. We're not going in totally blind, but it'll be good to have a have you over there a couple of days before to see what's going on, and I'll roll in. I hate, we were just talking about this earlier, but I hate starting hunts anymore. You know, when I was younger, it was always just get off work, construction, and drive all night, you know, to wherever, and go hunting, and. But now that I'm older, I hate starting to hunt on an all-night drive, you know, on the way. And uh seems like I still do it every year. Yeah. But, 
Uh, yeah. I'll be well, I'll be doing that because I, I go. yeah I gotta leave before yeah. I leave after trick or treating and get over there on opening morning I should be there about four a.m. and uh, go from there, there I'll drink a few, drink a few monsters yeah. on the road and be all wound up yeah all of a all of a hot wood stove going and uh, ready to uh, maybe maybe even make you some coffee who knows. <laughs> You better have a coffee. I'm going to yeah. get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't drink coffee. So. Oh, you don't drink coffee? Well, I better bring some coffee then. Yeah, yeah. You might do that. You might yeah, do that yeah. I'm not the most organized. You'll see. So uh, it'll be some important yeah, this is, uh, I forget. Me and Bob's first. <laughs> me and Bob's first. Yeah. Yep. Which is uh, probably kind of crazy for the listeners who may not realize that we just... Uh, haven't organized that yet, so this is going to be an awesome, uh, an awesome outing, uh, riding mule deer in a special place, and looking forward to telling you guys all about how that trickles down. Um, what else do we got? Uh, we had a um, giveaway. Yeah, we did a shirt uh, hat giveaway this week, and yeah. uh, maybe you can do a little drum roll. <laughs> Nice, nice. And uh, we drew. We had a lot of guys tag their buddies, so that was pretty cool, man. And the hunt, the winner is Raven Hunter thirteen. Scott Raven Clark. Hunter 13. Yeah. So uh, Scott we'll get, Clark. Cool. I'll send him a message in case he's not listening on Instagram, and I'll get him his hat and his shirt, and we'll throw him in a couple stickers and stuff, and uh, get that shipped off. So thanks awesome. everybody for participating in that. We'll have some some actual awesome stuff coming up here when we get back. We've just, our organization hasn't been the greatest this last month because we've been just crazy I fall. Think, yeah. Everybody's, everybody's busy right yeah. now. So after, yeah. after this so one, we'll get we'll, back on it. We'll give away some more shirts and hats and we do got the shirts and hats on the website. So, you know, support the podcast. Um, we're going to try to run a, a, a really cool uh, hoodie. Uh, around Christmas time is the plan. Hopefully, I can get that organized and get it, get the hoodies up on the website before Christmas. Um, we got some really cool giveaways. We keep talking about it. Um, we're not going to let the cat out of the bag yet, but we got some awesome giveaways coming, and we'll get that out um, once this we wrap this hunt up. Um, and uh, we got a uh, we got another uh, awesome podcast for you guys tonight. Uh, we got our boy. Chris Perino back on the podcast. Yeah. Chris is, uh, he's been a just awesome, awesome guy to get to know. Lucky through this podcast to get to know him. We talk to him all the time and he's kind of our good buddy now. So it's, uh, it was time to get him back on. He had an awesome elk season and we just kind of shot the crap tonight. Talked a little elk hunting. We talked a little shooting and, and, uh, I think it's a good episode. You guys will enjoy it. Well, he's got a lot of epic bear stories to tell us, but we just, we just didn't make it that far. So, um, yeah, we'll get him back on again to tell all that stuff. So hope you guys enjoy it. You should be able to pick up some, some good stuff from a guy like Chris. He's been bow hunting for a heck of a long time and he's definitely a killer. So yeah, he's doing just, He's definitely doing some awesome things with the stick and string, and he tells some great stories. And, and like you said, uh, we definitely will plan to have him uh, 
on several more times. I mean, he's got so many great stories. He's always going on killer adventures. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy that. And, uh, once again, we like to thank uh, Kafaro International, Addictive Archery, Sherman Jeff, Thompson Traditional, uh, awesome companies uh, that are doing awesome things. Uh, we appreciate them, and we appreciate the listeners. Enjoy. Well, let's let's talk some Western hunting then. I'm going to tell you straight up front. I'm not going to be like an expert on it, but I will give you my <laughs> advice if that's what you, if that's what you're asking for. Well, I oh, think we just want to talk some hunting, some yeah. hunting stories. I think if anybody thinks they're an expert, they're probably not. So yeah, definitely. So uh, I don't know. Why don't you went out west this year for, for an elk hunt? Why don't uh, Why don't we start there and tell us a little bit about uh, how the September went for you? I'll tell you what, I think the, uh, what I would rather do is, you know, not to give guys like the wrong, you know, the wrong impression and, uh, is we ought to, I ought to start at the beginning because I mean, like, like the hunt I had this year was, you know, I mean, it was 10, 20 years in the coming, you know, I mean, I was draw drew 12 years for the tag and, you know, so, I mean, I had a really, really good tag and a really, really good spot, but I mean, I, you know, I mean, elk for me, truthfully, has been probably one of the toughest. Uh, I mean, they've been tough. I mean, I think I, you know, that was elk hunting was one of the first hunts that I did. You know, when I when I got out of school and you know could start going. You know, I drove out to Colorado. I want to say back in '87. You know, it was like the first year I went, and I'd go for two weeks at a you know, two weeks at a shot. And, you know, we, we, you know, at that time you could, you could buy an elk tag and mule deer tag right over the counter. I, I think the elk tag back then was a, right around, I want to say it was right at 200 bucks, maybe a little over like 215, 235. And then a deer tag was, I want to say like 115 bucks or something. Is that Colorado? So, you know, you could, yeah. Yeah. It was Colorado. I mean, it was, I, I, when I, got out of school um you know like i said in 87 i you know was kind of hanging around some guys around here that were had been going for a long time so you know i was hanging around them and you know going on to different shoots and uh you know i knew they you know they'd go for two weeks at a pop so i kind of hooked up with them and uh you know they asked me that first year i got out of school you know they asked me if i wanted to go and i'm um, like, yeah, I want to go. And, uh, so we drove out and, uh, the first year, you know, I mean, I, I had no clue what I was doing truthfully, you know, I mean, you get out there and, you know, that's all totally that Western hunting is just, you know, it can be pretty intimidating for sure. You know, I mean, it's just big country. I mean, you know, you get it. I mean, totally different than anything I'd ever seen, but but fun, you know, I mean, it was, you know, it, it was a good time. I mean, I, I loved it, but, you know, the first year I went out, um, we hunted, we'd hunt for a week, you know, we'd kind of drive up in, take Jeep trails and, you know, get up in there and kind of just camped right out of the truck and then just hunt from there. But, you know, the first year I went out, we ended up, I want to say like the first night or two, like I got up there and, uh, you know, I was going, you know, I was hitting it pretty hard, you know, that first night. I mean, basically drove from here, which is, which is very low elevation. I mean, we're dang near sea level and, you know, drove straight up there and, 
you know, I got up there and got up in the mountains and man, I got a case of that altitude sickness. It just about, I thought I was going to die. I mean, <laughs> it was, man, it was brutal, but it, uh, you know, it lasted about, I mean, it was like the first night, you know, I mean, it's like I got it and I got super, super sick and just, I mean, it's like I just couldn't, um, get recouper. I mean, I was throwing up and just, I didn't want nothing to do with that elk hunting at that point. But, uh, pretty, the next morning I got to feeling a lot, you know, I mean, it's just kind of come, come on it come on real hard and, uh, and I felt terrible and, you know, then it was gone, you know, I was, I was in good shape from that point on. I mean, I got out hunted the next morning and, you know, I didn't go hard, but, uh, man, after that I was, you know, I was in pretty good shape, but I lucked into, you know, the first year that I went out, I was total, absolutely total luck, you know, I mean, I just, you know, got out there and started beating the brush and, and I want to say the, probably the third night of that hunt, you know, just, you know, no, absolutely zero clue what I'm doing, you know, walked out, sat underneath the, sat underneath some trees that were in like the middle of this park, you know, for, for really, I mean, it was just, you know, why I was sitting there, I don't know, you know, it looked like where elk would be in the, mag- you know, looked like what I seen in the magazines where elk hung out, so that's why <laughs> I was there, and uh I'd be dead gum if I didn't have, uh there must have been, and there was probably more, you know, I mean, once the first one come out, you know, I was in such shock that there was elk that I, I really didn't, you know, I mean, if I would have, you know, if I didn't know what I didn't know now, you know, and kind of pick things apart or let them play out, you know, there, there's probably no question there was a bull around, but I didn't wait for that. You know, I mean, them cows started, they started coming out of the timber and came, were coming right to me. I mean, I was in basically a little clump of trees that was kind of out in this opening in this park. And, you know, I'd like to say that I pulled back and made a great shot and, that was that but that wasn't the case i mean i think i slung an arrow about 20 feet over back you know i was i mean i was just i mean really i was just kind of shocked that there was an elk in front of me i mean it was just you know i mean i I really wasn't expecting it but you know after that I, i was thinking man this okay there's elk here you know i just need to beat the bush and uh i did you know i i didn't really you know, I really wasn't doing any calling or, I mean, I, I, you know, I had nobody, you know, nobody ever showed me, nobody ever told me, you know, I mean, I had no clue what I was doing, you know. Were the like, guys, the were the guys you were hunting with, were they bugling or cow calling back then in the you know, 80s? I don't, I don't even, I don't think they were, you know, I didn't really, like I said, they asked me to go. But we, you know, I was kind of on my own, you know, I mean, it's, you know, they definitely were not babysitting me, you know, I mean, we'd get up in the morning, I mean, I didn't really even, that first week, I didn't really even go, you know, we'd all tell everybody where we were going, but I just, I mean, I basically would just beat the bush all day long, I mean, I just walked all over, I mean, I just walked here and walked there, and I mean, I was just, you know, I mean, i you know, it was just absolute sheer persistence, you know, and I, and I was bumping into elk. I mean, there was, you know, where we were, there was, you know, if I knew what I knew now, I probably would have been super productive because there was for sure elk there, you know, I mean, I was, 
you know, I was, of course, I was bumping into them in the woods and, you know, I was bumping them out of their beds. And I mean, I was probably dead doing everything exactly wrong, but I was seeing elk. So, you know, I just kept doing it. But so, uh, so after that first trip, was that, was this something that you were like, yeah, I'm going to do this every year or did elk hunting take a backseat to the other adventures? I mean, were you elk? How often? No, uh, I, I, you know, for me, elk was, I loved, I mean, I, you know, and I still do, you know, West, you know, Wyoming, Arizona, I mean, the, the mountains, that drier climate, you know, and just being in the mountains has always been something that's, you know, that I've had an allure to. I mean, I just, I really, I like it. You know, I like chasing elk. And for me, they were really, really tough. I mean, I did end up on that first hunt. I did end up the second week. The second week we moved moved camped and went over to like a wilderness area and you know it was a little later in the season and i got into elk i mean I, they were bugling and uh you know i mean i got into them and and ended up shooting a cow the first day at the second spot so i mean i ended up shooting that cow and and you know i thought man this is surely isn't as this ain't that hard but from that first year in 87 you know we would go out there and we would hunt over-the-counter tags, Colorado, and we did, I'd hunted like that for, let's see, 87, I want to say four or five years until I killed my neck, you know, the next, the next elk, which was a little raghorn bull, um, pretty much in the same area. I mean, we, those guys had a couple spots they went to, um, so close to, how, the, how were, you evolving as an elk hunter being from the Midwest and coming out each time. I mean, were you going to the same ground and, and learning this really learning that ground or were you going to do spots each time? I mean, well, they, they had one been, like I said, the guys I was going with had been out there. Several, I mean, they had been doing it for five, six, seven, eight years before, before I ever got involved with them. So they had, they had a couple areas that they were real familiar with and, and we, you know, we go to a different area to try to pick up different areas, you know, but, you know, basically we're in kind of the same general area. I mean, we would, right. we would, you know, we had, we had, you know, the first week we'd go and then we'd hunt there and then we'd kind of move camp and go hunt somewhere else. So, I mean, that was kind of the, the routine. And, you know, as far as evolving, I think I was getting worse because it was just getting tougher and tougher. You know, I mean, I think I think a lot of guys, you know, as far as elk are concerned, if you go out and kill any elk with a bow, that's a big deal. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, people people look. You know, you walk through Cabela's and you open up the magazines, you look at all this stuff, and you know, it's like, well, I'm just going to go out and shoot me, a, you know, big six by six or seven by seven. That is absolutely not reality, especially with an. I mean, I don't recurve. Um, you know, compound. I mean, it, it's a, you know, especially, you know, guys from out East. I mean, if they go out to Colorado or they go out there on a, you know, over the counter national forest wilderness ground and do a hunt like that kind of by yourself. If you shoot an elk, that to me, that's a big deal. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, my hat's off to you. I mean, that is, you know, it's a tough thing to accomplish. Um, you know, and, you know, I mean, they're not, they're not, they're up in all the, you know, they're in the mountains, they're in the high country, 
you know, the winter hasn't pushed them down into the lower elevations, which, you know, I've never hunted that, but it just seems like where they're at that time of year is an extremely tough spot to go in there and get them. Yeah, I think so, the, the success rate on archery used to be somewhere in like the 6 the 8% area. I think with modern tackle, I think they're pushing 20. I, I could be wrong, but I think overall it, it looks something like that. Well, I think uh, you're pro- I didn't believe you're right because I know I had looked at it back when we were going and I just, you know, it's like the odds were, you know, they were not in my favor. Yeah. But <laughs> I will I will tell you this, that the amount, I mean, the elk, I like, like I was always into elk, you know. I mean, a lot of times... You know, when I was first started going out, a lot of them were, you know, I mean, I, you know, I mean, or my mistakes, you know, I mean, I snuck up to elk rubbing trees and I'd miss them, you know, and I I just, you know, I mean, there was a lot, I made a lot of mistakes and just, you know, kind of jinx myself, but, but we would, I would hit it hard. I mean, we would, I would hunt, you know, I mean, I stayed out, I'd stay out all day because I was too lazy to walk back to the truck, you know, I just, so like I'm staying, you know, we'd walk back in and, you know, it wasn't, you know, maybe a mile, two miles, you know, maybe three miles from camp. I mean, we're just, you know, but in the course of the day, you know, you end up getting further away from, you know, the camp than, than you realize. But, you know, we never bump it. We, you know, we really would not bump into, you know, we didn't bump into a lot of people, you know, I mean, it's, I, I think today it's a lot tougher. I mean, it's a lot tougher to, I don't think you could do what we did and just kind of totally stay away from hunters. And, you know, we do it. I mean, we take, you know, four-wheel drive Jeep trails and, you know, go back in and the forest service ground. And, you know, we usually try to get close to a wilderness area or something like that. But, you know, we get back in there and just kind of set up our camp out of the truck. And we, we really didn't run into, I mean, I can't really ever remember running into to hunters. You know, man, so, that's not the, not the case today for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, what's your, what's your what does things look like for you nowadays? I mean, are you going yearly? Do you still go with the same group of guys? Um, well, I, I didn't. I kind of I went with them for four or five years, and then you know, it's like I wanted to I wanted to go some. You know, they just kind of Colorado was their thing, and that's what they did. You know, it, it was fun. It was, I mean, I, I had a great time doing it and it was fun. I just, you know, it's like I wanted to try to up my odds, but I, I ended up, I hunted with them out in Colorado for about, like I said, I, I shot an elk that first year in 87 and I, I don't think I shot another one until 92. And we, you know, we would hunt two weeks at a pop for four or five years and I ended up killing on a five a five a little five by five um and i was tickled i mean it, you just thought i shot a 595 inch bowl i mean i i thought it was the greatest thing in the world i mean i was just because it was so tough you know i mean it was just so tough to get you know i spent a lot of time i mean i've you know i mean i spent a ton of time hunting and just wasn't successful so when i was successful it was. Uh, it, I know all about it that. Was a pretty big deal. <laughs> and it's still. I mean, it's a, even. You know, I shot the first one. Or I shot my first bull in '92, and then and then I, I was trying. I had read some articles. You know, Mr. James had went up and hunted in Wyoming, up close to out of Cody, Wyoming. And I was 
reading about that haunt and you know just some different haunts and i'm like man i want to i want to go do something i want to really get back in so i started hunting with a guy that had a ran a outfit out of cody wyoming and he went up i think it was a south fork it was like the north uh east corner of of yellowstone you know it was right in that area and back then you know i mean this was back in 92 it was you know i mean we took the horses back in and we went in like 22 miles and uh you know he had a camp set up back in there and you know we hunted you know that's what we would hunt out of but i think you know that whole area up there has really changed i mean you know there used to be moose up there and you know there used to be a I mean, a really good, healthy herd of elk up there, but it's country, isn't it? Yeah, it was. You know, that's why I saw my first grizzly was on. Wasn't the first elk hunt, but it was the second one I, you know, did. I did ended up hunting up there for. I want to say I hunted up there for two or three years. And the first year I went up, I I started drawing for a Shiras moose tag. Like that fellow I was going with was was doing moose hunts in the same area. And it was it was tough to draw. I mean, they didn't have a lot of. Ta- I mean, I say it was tough to draw. They did not give out a lot of tags. But I think on the fourth year, you know, I drew my Shiras moose tag in there in the fourth year. So you know, I was going up there doing the elk hunt, and you know, we'd always glass the moose, and you know, we'd see them. So I mean, I knew they were in there. I'm like, this is where I need to come. So I started drawing for that tag, and. You know, in the meanwhile, it was elk hunting up there, and I ended up killing my first, what I, I thought he was a decent bull, you know, I mean, he was probably 260, 265, I mean, it wasn't, you know, by no means a, a super monster, but man, I was tickled with him. Um, we okay, well, you can't, you in. can't draw a Shiras Moose tag and not tell the Shiras Moose story, so... <laughs> I thought we were talking elk hunting. Well, there goes. We need a pr- squirrel. We need a <laughs> squirrel. Go ahead. We need Big to preference this, preference this by saying that I am absolutely not. You know, I'll give you, like I said, I'm going to give you my advice on on elk hunting. But you know, if you want the if you want the cold hard facts, it sounds to me like you need to be talking to Bob there. <laughs> Yeah, right, buddy. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, so uh, give us the give us the lowdown on the Shires Moose Hunt. Well, I drew that. Um, like I said, I first year I went elk hunting there. I started putting in for the tag, and uh, and uh, I ended up drawing the tag on my fourth year, and uh, went with the same, you know the same outfit that I, you know, was doing the elk hunts with. And, uh, we went up there and it's, I mean, you know, the elk are, are the, you know, the elk will be up in the, you know, in the mountains and, you know, you, you gotta get out there and kind of rank. I mean, we'd go up and we'd glass them and we, you know, try to find them. The moose were pretty much, you know, their whole, you know, we would get a high point and just glass these, um, basically, you know, I wouldn't even call them basins. I'd just call them, you know, like whether it wasn't a river, basically a creek run down through the, you know, 
right the valleys you know where the bottomland the uh all, yeah the the alders and the grass which is where the elk you know the elk could end up coming out of the mountains and they kind of do the same thing but the elk would get those moose just never really got that far away you know i mean what if you got a vantage point you know i mean we could glass a mile up the a mile up the draw or up the valley and you know you'd end up picking them up you know there was a couple two or three spots that we'd just get really high and try to glass them and uh you know it's you know so that's that was pretty much how we hunted them and uh you know if you know the moose were pretty much going to be there you know if you found them and you know things weren't right you know the wind wasn't right or they weren't in the right spot you could end up you know just we could find them the next day but we found a couple you know there was a couple bulls we found early on that were not i mean they they weren't definitely were not big ones um so I wanted to, you know, I figured I wouldn't get that tag again, and you know, I wanted to hold out for, uh, or I did not hold out because I do not hold out for, uh, I don't hold out for much, but <laughs> I, uh, I did, I wanted to get something that was that was decent, you know, I say decent, you know, thirty, thirty five plus. I mean, that that was fine with me, and we saw them, you know, we knew they were there, so, um, you know, we ended up, I want to say. I don't know. Maybe the fourth or fifth day, we we found this bull that was uh, basically feeding in the bottoms and the, you know feeding in the grass, and uh, just got the wind right, and, and he was he wasn't far off of a, a pack trail, so you know we could get down. And we got on the pack trail and kind of got into position, and uh, you know moose are they're different animals. You know, I think that I I think what happens is on some you know, some areas, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I think some of those areas that, you know, those animals that, you know, there's not a lot of tags and they don't get, you know, they've seen hunters, you know, those moose would see us, you know, I mean, when we're elk hunting, you know, we bump into them all the time on the horses and, you know, so they're seeing people, they just aren't getting a lot of hunting pressure, especially where we were, you know, the local, you know, there was, however many tags there was for that unit, the local people just were not going up where we were to shoot a moose. You know, it just wasn't, I mean, so they were getting, weren't getting a lot of pressure. So, you know, I'm not saying they would, they, they were not as jittery as the elk were. Uh, That's what I'll say. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we'd, you know, get down and get the wind right. And, you know, I mean, what was, you know, fairly easy to move within, I think we got within 35 yards. And, you know, you're in the willows and, and, I mean, there's plenty of cover, you know. I mean, the moose are not quiet, you know. I mean, if, you, if they're not winding you, I mean, they're kind of doing their thing and they're not, you know, really not moving far distances. So, you know, we got down and just got the wind right and got in about 30, 35 yards and, I will tell you that shooting a moose is not, uh, you know, they do not, not just tomp over. I mean, there is a lot of, there is a lot of body mass there. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you can put an arrow right in the boiler room and they will, will stand on their feet for a long time. At least that's my experience. I mean, I, I just, I'm amazed at how they don't run really. I mean, 
mine did not run, but, but he was from the time that I shot him, he was just deader than a doornail. I mean, there's no question took in it my though. mind. Yeah. I mean, they, I never seen anything like it. You know I mean? I've, of course, the moose is, you know, I mean, they have thick, thick, thick hide. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, they have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of muscle and bone and, and, and the hide is, you know, I mean, thick, you know, quarter inch thick, if not a little more, you know, so there's a lot to get through, but, you know, nothing's, you know, you shoot, put an arrow through an animal's lungs and they just don't, they're not going to survive it. You know, I mean, they just, no matter what, you know, but they, they sure don't just flop over. I tell you that. And I had the same thing. I mean, the, you know, which I already told this story, but you know, I had the same thing happen on the one, the Canadian moose I shot up in Canada. You know, it was the same thing. I mean, I shot it. It, it was just absolutely, I mean, I, you know, perfect shot. I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have moved it up an inch, over an inch, down an inch. I mean, I wouldn't have moved it anywhere. It was just perfect. And I, and that one, I knew I got a ton of penetration, but, but they don't just, you know, I mean, it's not like they just, I don't know, you know, it just seems like it's, it seems like they stay on their feet for quite a while. Do you like uh, elk meat or moose meat better? I'll tell you, I, I am a fan. I like elk meat. I really do. I mean, elk is, I mean, moose is good. I don't, you know, we've, obviously I don't get it every year, but I mean, I, I do like moose for sure. And, and the moose that I've got have been really, really good, but man, I just, even elk, I mean, elk for, for me is a kind of a, a delicacy. I mean, I get a, you know, a ton of white tail and, you know, I mean, I've shot a lot of other animals, but I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, elk is, it's not something I get every year, you know, obviously, but, uh, when I do get it, um, I, I like it. I mean, I, my wife likes it. My kids like it. You know, I mean, we, that's something that, that gets used up and, and, uh, so then I just, you know, I keep telling my wife, that's why I apply for all these tags. I got to help me. Yeah, that's right. That's the only reason you're doing it. <laughs> so uh, I know you much. took in yeah. a couple, couple nice bowls, um, in, in the last few years. Um, do you want to dive into some of those stories or? Sure. I mean, that's, uh, I, um, I had it. Uh, uh, I went one year. I went out to Colorado on an over-the-counter. Um, I, I did an over-the-counter, just a general unit down in southern Colorado. And when I did that, I had a really good friend of mine had drawn some Arizona an Arizona tag, and uh, I went out there and I did you know did my elk hunt, and uh, I did, you know I hunted for ten days and. You know, we seen some elk, but, you know, didn't come up with anything there. And uh, when I was coming home, he had called me, and he shot a really good bull, like three, I don't know, 360, 370. I mean, it was just a monster. And he had never killed it. I mean, that was his first. I mean, he had done some elk hunts, but he had never killed an elk. And, man, he was just all fired up. He's like, oh, we got to go back. We got to go back. Well, you know, Arizona is not just, I want to go hunt. You know, walk in Walmart and buy your tag and go hunt. And, uh so he's like, we got to start putting in, you know, and the unit he went to was not a, was not a high, I, I want to say high demand unit, you know, I mean, it was a, 
I don't think any unit out there is bad. I mean, there's some that are better than others and, and definitely tougher to get. But, you know, I mean, there's a lot of those units are, are pretty good units. And he was in a unit that was, I mean, it was decent. But and he was, you know, he was lucky, too, because I think he drew it. He ended up drawing, he drew that tag two years, two years in a row. He drew it like once with like one or two points and then drew it the very next year just on the, um, doesn't Arizona and Bob would know this, but don't, can you, don't they have like certain, half the tags go to high preference point guys and then, then the other half is just like a general draw. Yeah, just ra- random draw they do it. Yeah, <clears throat> yep. They just switched right. that a well, few years ago. Well, he had well, he had ended up drawing the tag on the. He had a, some points, and he drew it on the points, and then he drew it the very next year in a random draw. Nice, you know. Which I don't have that kind of luck. I can tell you that. <laughs> I'm hoping so, I do, but I haven't in the past. That's for sure. <laughs> well, he uh, he drew that. You know, drew it. Went out there, shot that good ball, and then he drew it for the very next year. Well. In the interim, you know, I was starting to draw some points, and and uh, we had found some other areas that were that were they were it was actually on the Indian reservation, but extremely like ex- we went out there the first the first year we went and uh, we applied, we didn't get the tag, and we ended up going through some other. Um, are getting it on the leftover tag is what we got. So we got a leftover, some leftover tags and we went out there and it was just, it was brutally tough. I mean, it was just like there's elk there and there's some really good elk there, but not a lot of elk there. You know, it's just, it's, it's, you know, you, yeah, the unit was huge and we got in there and had really had no clue where to go, what to do. And we were just beating the bush. And, uh, that first year was just a big scouting trip, but you know, we did end up, we, we bumped into a few, few elk and, uh, you know, they were nice ones. I mean, they were good bulls, but you know, I think we hunted for two weeks and maybe we saw two elk. I mean, it was, it was tough. I mean, it was really, very, very tough. I mean, you know, I I kept telling him, let's go back to Colorado, you know, let's go shoot some dinks, man. We, we got a better <laughs> chance, you know. I mean, yeah, anything, anything's better than this. But uh, we ended up finding some spots that were, you know, like they were, we found this one spring and we found a couple, you know, water holes. And, you know, we'd go check these water holes. And the elk weren't, like, the elk were not in every, like everywhere there was water, there wasn't elk. You know, we go check water hole after water hole after water hole. And, you know, in that country, water is king. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, they, you know, they don't have to do a lot of things, but they, they have to drink. It, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't have to bugle. They don't have to do a ton of things, but they have to drink. So if they're there and you, you know, you find the right water source, you know, they're, they got to come to it. I mean, they don't have to come to it during the day, but you know, if they're there, they got to be drinking. And that's, that was pretty much the game plan. I mean, we just, we just, you know, we'd beat the bush and try to find the different water holes. And, you know, we did that the first year and then, you know, we found a few that were 
you know, had some elk tracks around it. And, you know, so then we just, we went back the next year and we, you know, tried to draw the tags again. And, uh, I want to say the next year we went in there, um, we hunted for, it was like, I don't know, 10, 12 days. So we hunted the full, whatever the season was, but it was super, super early. Um, and we got in there and we did the same thing. We went to the water holes we knew of. And, uh, I had a water, like we had, we picked the best water holes, the ones that had the most tracks around it. And that wasn't even a lie. You know, I mean, you'd go to those water holes and it's like, okay, there's elk here. But, you know, it wasn't like there was so many elk tracks. You would just, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. between the cows and everything else, you know, you'd look at them, them water holes and it's like, well, you know, I mean, there's been some elk here, but, you know, it wasn't like a, just a slam dunk. And, uh, we hunted that year. I ended up, I was walking back to a water hole and, uh, I was just kind of blind and calling along the, the road, getting back to it. My, my buddy had dropped me off and, you know, I was walking down this road and I was calling it had to be one o'clock, you know, it was one o'clock in the afternoon and, uh, hotter than heck. And uh, I'm walking along, and I'm just blind, just cow calling. And this bull pops off, and he's just right below me, probably 200 yards down the down the mountain. And uh, so I'm like, man, I, I think he heard me. So I cow called again. And as soon as every time I cow call, he would answer just that quick. I mean, he was not, he didn't even hesitate. I'm like, and I'm no expert caller. I really am not. You know, I mean, I I do what I do, and you know, if it don't work here, you know, I'm gonna go find something else and you know try it again. And you know, the law of averages says it's gonna work after a while. So uh, I uh, went down the went down the hill, and uh, and I I'd get forty fifty yards down the down the hill, and I'd cow call, and he'd answer me. And, uh, man, I kept, I mean, the wind was perfect. I mean, it was just absolutely perfect coming uphill. And, uh, I mean, the thermals were all coming up. And, uh, I got down a little farther and I cow called, man, he kept, just kept every time. I mean, it was like just, you know, it was textbook. And, uh, I got down and I got to this little bench and I eased up on the side of this bench. And I just, you know, to look over the other side and, and I called again, and he's down there, and I could hear him, but I couldn't see him. He was probably about maybe 80, 100 yards from me, but he was in, you know, some thick timber. And he's just screaming. And uh, I'm like, he's, you know, he's got he knows I'm here. You know, he's either in his bed, you know, and I, I'm, I don't really want to go over the shelf. I'm like, you know, I'm close enough now that he's probably going to, you know, that country is very open, you know. I mean, it's not... You know, there's not a lot of underbrush, you know, it's very, you know, open, Mm -hmm. even when you get in, even when you get in the trees. And uh, so I got up on this bench and just got over to the edge where I could see and I got my glasses out and and, uh, and I was just trying to pick up. I mean, I use my binoculars, you know, when I'm in the woods and I use them whitetail hunt, I will look, you know, 50, 60 out. I mean, I was 20 yards with them. I mean, I will. You know, I use them in my tree stand. I mean, I'm a big believer in, you know, in binoculars because I'm with you. You can look through the woods 
50, 60 yards and say, ah, nothing there. And you can put a, you know, you can put a pair of binoculars up and start, and it's a whole different game. I mean, it's just totally different. So, I mean, for me, binoculars are, you know, zero to two miles, you know, or whatever. I mean, I, I just, I, I just use them and, and I've, you know, usually can see I'll pick things apart a lot better than I can just, just, you know, looking over there. Mm-hmm. And, I've uh, gone, uh, so I, I've gone hunting with a few guys that don't wear them here in the brush country. And I'm like, I think they're knuckleheads. It's unbelievable what you could see, like you said, from 60 yards in the brush with binoculars. Well, I can, I can tell you this and I don't, you know, it's probably a good thing I'm not on social media because I probably would get some hateful comments. But I, I don't. I mean, if, if you hunt and you and binoculars are like way down on your gear list, I, I don't get that at all. Like I really don't. I mean, I've forgot my bow going hunting, but I've never forgot my binoculars. Like I yeah. just don't. I don't leave home without them. I mean, I just, you know, I mean, I'm I've. I mean, I use, you know, I use them for a whitetail. I use, I use them for everything. I mean, you can, you know, even stuff that you're not going, I mean, you know, you just, you can see a ton more. It just, and now, you know, I mean, you know, running them on tripods and stuff like that, that's a whole new world. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just a whole new, whole new world. But, you know, here in Illinois, I mean, I, when I'm on whitetail hunting, a lot of times I'll, I'll use eight. Because you, you know, if you're, if you're going close, you know, I mean, a couple hundred yards are under, I think, I mean, eight powers is a, is a way to go just because sure. you can hand, hand hold them and look close distances and you get the, you know, you get the best of both worlds. You know, the higher you go on, I mean, you know, if you're chugging up a mountain or you're, you know, exerting yourself and you pull out some tens or fifteens or whatever, and you want to handheld them, well, you know, I mean, I got to take aspirin. I got such a headache. I mean, I (laughs) I just can't do it. I mean, it's just, you know, what you know, you got to have the right, the right pair of binoculars for what you're doing for sure. But, but anyway, so I get to the bench and I look over and I grab my binoculars and I'm, I'm searching, uh, you know, just kind of looking through the brush and, uh, and he goes off again, and I'm so now I'm like really zeroing in on him, and I start to hear some brush cracking, and uh, and he was coming, and I'm like, oh man, a bull elk, and uh, he comes out and he's coming through the brush, and he's you know he's rolling his antlers, biggest elk I've ever seen in my life. Like I, I just I was like, oh, you gotta be freaking kidding me! Like he was an absolute, like you know. A, a, to me, a once in a like it just a light, like a tremendous bull. I mean, he was, you know, I wouldn't, I would be lying if I told you what he scored, but I do know that he was thick, he was big, and he was, I mean, it was just so awesome. impressive. Yeah, he was a monster. And he's coming right to me. I mean, he is coming right to me. I'm like, oh. This is really good. And he comes, he's just kind of, he's coming straight towards me. And, uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm on like a little bench and he's, he's just kind of below me and he comes coming to me and he kind of gets, he gets within 30 yards of me and he starts to veer off, which is good. He starts walking down. There's a little, was a little path and he starts, he's going to like walk by me at like 25 yards. I mean, you know, you couldn't have, 
you couldn't have dreamed a better scenario. And, uh, you know, it's like all over but the shooting. And, uh, I ended up drawing back and I, and I, you know, remember it like it was yesterday, but, you know, I picked a spot and, you know, the spot was kind of a big spot because he was so <laughs> dang big. You know, I was like, how can, how can I miss this? I'm, I'm going to shoot at the basketball. That's, like I said, I've always said, you know, always, uh, you know, I will shoot, you know, I'm a spot shooter. I mean, I will shoot at a, like when I shoot at an animal, I want to shoot at the, you know, I might, you know, I try to shoot at stuff like the size of a milk cap and I may never hit a milk cap, but it always, you know, I mean, if you put the milk cap in the middle of the lung, you know, and you miss the milk cap, you still kill the animal. And it's well, always worked for me. Well, are you string walking uh, or? <laughs> no, no, I just walked down the hill and shot the elk and missed them. I mean, it was as simple as that. <laughs> no, I didn't. I wasn't string walking. I was shooting a basketball and not a milk cap. That was okay. My, that was my mistake. Uh. So. So I ended up shooting him and I was just a touch. Like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't off by much, but I was basically in that right there, just below the spine, you know, mid body below kind of that, that no man's land right there. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, as soon as I hit him, I'm like, Oh, it's terrible. So I don't know. I mean, I shot him and I let him go and I went back and, you know, told the guy that the guy I was hunting with, I, you know, I told him, I said, look, I said, I, you know, we got to go out of that back and try to follow this up. But I, I don't, you know, I just did not have confidence it was going to end well. And it didn't end well. It ended with, ended with no elk is what it ended with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you shoot those kind of animals. I mean, Big animals like that, you know, you go so long and, you know, put so much time in. And when you muff those, man, it just, it's like you never forget it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I know you've never missed, Bob, but man, <laughs> take it from me. If you did, if you do. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. That's, that's for sure. I'm, I mean, it was a once, it was a, to me, it was a one, you know, it was one of the bulls that you just dreamed about, you know, just, uh, you know, just an absolute, I mean, he was well over, you know, I, I, you know, I'm thinking he was 350, maybe a little bit stronger than that, but he was just big, you know, he had a ton of mass and I mean, he just, you know, his, you know, his tails were just, you know, huge. I mean, he was just very, one of the most impressive elk I'd seen to that point for sure you know i mean it was it was a good one but so anyway i uh i must screwed that up and uh that was always you know that was the only elk i saw that you know in 12 days of hunting that was the only elk i saw so that sounds like yeah, hunting roosevelt yeah it's well i was dry i wasn't soaking wet i can tell you that so that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it so we ended up going back then the following year and the following year, um, pretty much, I mean, a little different scenario. They, that year we went back, they had, uh, it had rained and, uh, 
which was really, I thought, ter- you know, was really, you know, when you're hunting water holes and you get rain, it's not, you know, that's not a good scenario at all. So mm-hmm. we um, went back that year and pretty much the same, you know, same play, you know, running around checking water holes and then the rain came in and, and uh, you know, we still, you know, we're just kind of beating the bush and we just by happenstance, I mean, we were driving up one evening, we were going to hunt. There was a spring we found and we, it was behind a gate. So we had to walk, you know, we had to walk about a mile or two to get up to this, this area. And uh, we were driving up and just before we got to the gate, we were going to park the truck. We had, we did come around the corner and it was a bull with two cows. And that's the other thing too, you know, where we hunted, like you, if you saw a bull, I mean, you never saw big herds of elk in it. You'd see a bull with a couple cows, you know. I mean, if you saw a bull with three or four cows, that was a big deal. Because mm-hmm. I just, I just don't think, like I said, there's not a lot of them. But you know, the ones, the ones you did see were, were, you know, pretty good elk. So we bumped into this bull and two cows, and uh, so as soon as we bumped into them, we just kind of we backed. They they kind of run up and over the hill or up and over the, you know, that's all that like juniper, you know, so they run into the juniper. And so we just kind of backed out, parked the truck and uh, walked. The wind was was bad. So we had to like walk. We kind of GPS where we thought they were. And then we walked way around to get the wind right. I mean, basically, we walked the next drainage over and tried to come down you know, come down into to where we thought they went to. So, so you know, basically, so road hunting, so road hunting and bad wind. Are you sure you're not hunting in Oregon? Yeah. No, I don't. It wasn't Oregon. Definitely. Oh, never man. hunted. That's the one that I've hunted Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana. Never got, never got, I've never been out to, I mean, those are the only states I've ever hunted for elk. That's because we don't have any animals here. Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. Sorry. Maybe, 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 maybe I was in it. Maybe I was in Oregon. I don't know. Okay. So any animals where I was. Okay. (laughs) Maybe I was hunting in your backyard. I don't know. So, so we're uh, circling and and getting the wind, and we're after. uh... Yeah. So we circled. We circled around, and we, like I said, we bumped them kind of midday, and. You know, we just circled, got the wind right, and came down somewhat to where we thought he was and uh, started bugling, and sure, he bugles back. You know, just he was in the right mood for sure, so he bugled back. Once he bugled back, you know, we kind of we, – we were off a little bit, so we kind of readjusted, got the wind right. And we were trying to stay above him, and uh, we got on this little – I don't know, little ridge and just kind of walked right down the ridge. And he was just off. He was, he was basically on that ridge, just off to the side a little bit, you know, it was kind of down over the side, but we just kind of used that ridge to get in on him. And, uh, we got to within maybe a hundred yards of him and it was pretty thick where we were. I mean, it was fairly, wasn't quite as open where we were and, uh, just started calling and, uh, we called him up and he walked by me at at uh 
probably six, seven yards. I mean, he was close. I mean, he just, he come right, he was coming right to, you know, my friend was calling behind me about 20, 30 yards and, uh, and he was coming right up, you know, right to him. And, uh, he brought him right by me at about five, six yards. And, and I shot him as soon as I shot him, I, you know, I knew, knew that shot was, was money. I mean, it was just, it's like, this is good. And, uh, I mean, it was a perfect double lung shot and, uh, he turned around and took off and, you know, I wasn't too worried about it, but I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know what your experience, what you guys' experiences are with elk, but that elk, you know, I've had them go a long way. You know, I mean, that, that one, the one that I, that one there, he must have went 200 yards. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, I just, like I said, you know, I think those bigger animals, it takes a lot to put them down, but, you know, even, even hit perfect. If they decide they're going to go. Yeah. It's amazing how much ground they can cover in a short period of time. Yeah. Crazy tough, man. Crazy tough. I mean, have you had them go? How far have you had them go, Bob? Yeah. I mean, if they, if they will, uh, if they're on a run, was he running the whole time? He, he, I don't think he was. I mean, I don't, I mean, he, I don't, we, we called him up. I'm thinking when we bumped him, I'm not so sure if we bumped maybe when we, you know, bumped him, if we bumped the cows away or he still had, like, I never did look. When we called him to us, I never did see the, the cows that I, you know, suspected were with him. So I don't know whether there was, you know, I don't know what happened, but. Yeah. Um, Cause you, you know, gotta remember, to I mean, cows, but, even if you double lung them and they live for 10 seconds. I mean, those 10, 15 seconds for an elk running, that's a, they can make it a long ways, you know. And, uh, you know, especially that yeah. thick, thick country like the jungle where James hunts, you know. Like, I've heard, you know, I've heard stories of buddies where they just, I mean, drilled them. But if they take a, a right when you thought they took a left and you're 100 yards off, I mean, that's all it takes. It's They are tough animals. You've got to hit them perfect. And then you gotta, you know. I've, I've, I've even heard of guys taking them down with rifles or bows, big bulls, and having, you know, an arrow or even two healed up inside of them, a broadhead or two, maybe a bullet or two. I mean, some of these bulls are die hard. Yeah. They, they can take a ton of abuse. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I don't, you know, I don't think that, you know, that bull that I, I shot, there was i mean i knew you know i at that point i had i mean i knew exactly what where the arrow was and how much penetration i got like i you know i don't have it's not like like every shot you know you know you're just totally 100 Mm percent confident in where the arrow hits and what you have but you know in a few there's been a few occasions that i'm a hundred percent confident and and you know, this year I was a hundred percent confident, but, but on that elk there, I was, you know, I mean, I don't, like I said, it's perfect. It's a, there's no, I don't need to go up, down. I don't need to adjust. There's another, that is, I don't shoot like, like if I'm aiming at an animal, if I'm shooting at a deer elk, you know, whatever I'm shooting at, I am always trying to figure out what is, you know, I don't necessarily figure out 
about where it's coming out. This, you know, I, I'm not, I don't get that in the weeds, but I do try to figure out where, where do I think the absolute center of the lungs are? Like I, I never, I'm not going to aim at the heart. I'm not going to aim. I'm going to aim at the center of what I think the kill area is. I mean, I mean, I want to, you know. So I mean, what I, do you think? A, a third of the way up, uh, tied to the shoulder, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I I like on an elk, I mean, I, I and I like on any animal. I kind of like that quarter in the way so I can come back sure. a little bit. Like, I just do not. I, I don't, um, you know, the shoulder or that leg bone – I do not like to touch, to hug it, me personally. No, so I, mean, I, I I've passed I a try lot of to two shots. Yeah, I try to wait and get you know just a touch of clear. You know, I'd love for him to get by me. I'd love for a quarter away. I mean, that's ideal. But but even at that, I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to. I will not. I never aim at the. I mean, I've hit the heart dead center before. But that's only because I missed the milk cap. You know, five <laughs> inches above that. Missed yeah. I mean. Yeah, you it know, just gives you a little more. It gives you a little more room for error. Yeah, I mean, I can't. You know, I, I'm. You know, I, you have to concentrate on a spot. You know, I've never. You know, aim at the barn, miss the barn. Aim at the barn door. You know, hit the barn. You know, miss the barn door. Hit the barn. I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, I. My mind or my process is to to pick the spot in the center of what I think the kill zone is, and then and try to zero in on it. I mean, I you know what I think that you know it, it's what works for me. So so it's what I do. You know, do I? I mean, right. I think I think and you know with you know with all the instruction. I mean, there's a ton of if you want to talk about shooting, I'm not the guy to ask. I mean, I'm just going to tell you that. I mean, I there's a ton of guys out there that you know can give you a lot better advice. You know, if you're getting into it, you know, or you want. You know, just good advice. But, but for mean, hunting, you, know, you pretty much just go into kill zone, kill mode, pick your spot, draw your bow back, and let her fly, right? Well, I mean, it's like I said, the the the, the spot is is it for me. Like I want to. I mean, whether it's you know, once they get into a certain range, all I'm. I mean, I have to like you know, that's what I'm trying to process. I'm trying to probably because I mean, once you make the sh- you know you can look at the antlers forever i mean really that's i mean think about it you know i mean i you know it's like shooting at the basketball on that one bull you know i shot the basketball i missed it i I, you know he's gone i never you know if i just shot the milk cap and missed the milk cap i'd have killed that bull i mean it's you know you i have to concentrate on the spot that i want to hit and i try to make that you know that size and and that's what i'm thinking about you know do i always hit it no i might not always hit it but i'm always fairly close to that it's just like shooting like if i i mean i had years ago i had uh you know mike palmer had you know i I was talking to him about shooting and he said he says you know he says if you he says the best practice you can do is take a tennis ball and some judo points and go out and you know throw that tennis ball and shoot at it you know and then just I mean, it's all a bunch of random, you know, I mean, knock yeah, it he didn't the yard. Say, yeah, yeah, knock it around the yard. I mean, he didn't say throw it out there, you know, heave, heave it out there 90 yards and try to wail at it. But, you know, basically, 
possibly, you know, 20, 30, 40, you know, I mean, anything. And, you know, your mind is, you know, the smaller, the, the smaller, the, the target is the better I operate. I can't shoot a, you know, if you shot with me and you said, you know, you put up one of those five spot targets, I suck. I mean, I just, I'm, I can't do it. You know I mean? I, you wouldn't want, if you went leopard hunt with me, you'd get killed because I don't know what spot I'd pick. Like my mind has to pick a, you know, I have to have a spot and, and that's what I'm concentrating on. Do you, do you but, shoot, uh, often? Are you shooting throughout the year? Do you shoot a lot? Do you shoot three D's or what do you? I like, you know, I like, to, I, I like to shoot. I like, I mean, I like to shoot when I get home. I try to, you know, I, I try to shoot. I mean, I might not shoot as much as, as, as I should. I don't, you know, I mean, shooting it at three D's is, I mean, I, I like to do it and it's, it's kind of fun, but it's not, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of more fun to me. It's more fun like shooting at, you know, Pepsi cans or, you know, shooting at tin cans or shooting at just, you know, stump shooting and stuff like that. It's just more fun for me. But, you know, I mean, if I'm shooting with somebody, it's basically just to, you know, I mean, I just, I'm trying to beat you just by mentally telling you that, you know, I'm trying to beat you, beat your mental game rather than, you know, you may be able to outshoot me. I just, I just try to get in your mind and tell you it's 30 and it's not, you know, it's, it's 30, it's 40. It's, I mean, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, so, which is to me is just more fun, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's very, it sounds like you shoot very similar to me. I mean, I have the same problem with spot targets. I have one out back and I just, I can't. If you shot a, I, all these guys talk about shooting groups. If anybody shot a group with me, they'd be like, "Oh my god, this guy's a terrible shot. He shouldn't even be on hunt." Because I can't shoot groups at spot targets. So I, I feel your pain there. I don't. And there's probably a million people out there that could tell me how messed up I am, but, but uh, I, I'm kind of the same way. The best, the years that I have shot the best, and I had a few years in my late twenties. You know, before I had kids and blah, 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 where I was, I stump, sh that's all I did was stump shoot. I did, never even shot a real, uh, a target per se all year. Those are the years I shot the best for sure. Back when you were shed hunting and stumping a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So now I'm married. Well, yeah, I, 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 I love stumping, man. I mean, even during season, I stump a ton. Well, it's, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's, I do like to shoot and I mean, I can go out and shoot, but it's like I do my, you know, I'm not as my mind gets, if it's not fun for me, I just don't do it. Like, I'm, you know, if I go out and shoot with some guys and, you know, we can kind of have some fun, do it fun with it and, you know, kind of make fun of each other and cut up. I, I'm that's fun. You know I mean? That's to me, that's good comp. I shoot the best. If so, like, if, if somebody says you can't, if they tell me I can't do it, I'm, that's, that's when I'm at my best. You know what I'm saying? Like if you are betting that I can't do it and you tell me that I can't do it, well then I have a lot of drive to do it. And it's the same way with shooting. I mean, I don't, I know last year we were up in, um, Denton Hill and, you know, we were shooting and, you know, we went out and we shot, you know, shooting a 3D and then we came back and they have like a little practice 
they have a little practice course there. I don't know. One of the targets was a tennis, like they had an arrow shoved in the ground, and we were trying to shoot the tennis ball off the off the arrow. And that's that's right in my wheelhouse because that's you know now I have one you know I have a tennis ball out there and I'm focusing on you know the dot in the tennis ball you know and you'd be and and you know it's I don't think it's just me you know I mean the other guys I was shooting with were you know quite honestly better shots than I was but you know you could tell that you know I mean, if you watch the arrows they're close you know I mean they're you know everybody is. You know, so I think it's, you know, I don't think it's just me, you know, I just think that's, I mean, your mind, your mind tends to, you know, adjust for that or, or, you know, your, your concentration is gets a little more intense, but. No, absolutely. I, I go shoot some indoor, just messing around with some friends in the winter, shooting the one spot and it is, it's difficult. I mean, it, it is difficult. There's. And I don't know what's difficult about it. It's the fluorescent lights. It's the the paper target. But it it's difficult to put those uh, groups together, and it can be quite frustrating, um, even. But um, I don't know. I, I I do enjoy it a little bit. Well, I think that the you know this you know where we're at now. You know, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there. I mean, uh, you know, I talked to Tom Clum here a couple when I was in. Went through Colorado. I stopped in and got to talk to him. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that have a ton of information out there, you know, to get, you know, to, that is good information. I oh, know, yeah. I mean, Tom Clone, the Push, those guys are killing it. They're putting out a ton of information for guys that are, if they want to learn to shoot a stick bow, there's definitely uh, a lot more available to uh, the general public than there ever was before. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, there really is. I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, you know, when I was started, you know, I, you know, I was kind of, well, I learned trial and error and, you know, it's just, you know, I think when it comes to hunting, you know, my view is, and again, my view is my view. It's my opinion. It's, it's, it's not, you know, don't listen to me because I'm not claiming to be any kind of expert, but, uh, you know, I think that you have to, you know, you have to do what you're comfortable with. There's a, there's a right process to, you know, there's a right way to do it, but you're not going to, I mean, traditional are shooting recurves and longbows. You know, you can, you can become a very good shot. And there's a ton of guys that are absolutely excellent shots, but when you come over and you start hunting, it's just a, in my view, it's a totally different game. Like I've shot at a ton of targets that I've missed and I've walked up and I grab my arrow and I go back and I reshoot it. I've never got to do that on a 429 inch elk. Never got to do it on a 200 inch whitetail. Never. I mean, I've never got to redo that shot, you know? So, you know, you end up making those mistakes and, you know, you get one shot and, you know, it's, it's, and, and what you're dealing with, you know, what, I mean, I, I deal with it. I'm, you know, I'm, I don't really know what separates me from the next method, really, because, you know, when it comes to hunting and you start, you know, you, you got animals in front of you, it's different. There's a, I mean, I think the more you have to, the more you have to go through to shoot, you, you, you can maybe work against yourself by just, 
you know, having so many different, because you just, you know, you got the, all the adrenaline to, you know, you got a animal stand in front of you that you want to put your tag on. And, you know, I think it's, you know, you would, you did a podcast with somebody here a while back that, you know, what they say that 10, 10 different things can happen and nine of them aren't good. And that's the truth. You know, I mean, if you got an animal standing in front of you, there's a lot of things can happen and most of them are not good. And the more you have to, the more things that you have to do, the more chances you have to make a mistake. I, I, mean, that's I agree. Like a, I agree a hundred percent in my bow hunting. I've, I'm a kind of like, I overanalyze. And so I've worked hard to simplify my gear, simplify my actions because it seems like less is more and the less you have to deal with like you said, when it's happening um the 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 better off you, you may be well i don't think that you know i mean if i mean let's face it you know truthfully if you're shooting a recurve longbow self i mean if you're you know shooting that type of equipment i mean you better and, you know, absolutely me included, you better be ready to put a, a whole lot of unfilled tags in a stinking shoe box. And, you know, I've got them. I mean, I got, you know, I mean, a lot of people, they go on, you know, they go and they look at things and they see things on, you know, the Facegram or Snapgram or whatever you call it. <laughs> you know, I see all these pictures of all, all these monster animals. And reality is that, you know, that's not something you just – you know, you don't just go do it. You know, you don't just go out and buy a bunch of tags and, you know, grab your recurve and head out there and do it. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, I know, I, I mean, there's a lot of guys that have chased, the, you know, that have went out and shot the, the, the 29 or, you know, the North American, the Super Slam, North American 29. And I know several of them that, you know, have, have, you know, are do are in the process of doing it or have done it. And, you know, if you go talk to them guys, they'll all tell you that still, I'll tell you, there's a lot of hunts they've done two or three times. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, Four I mean, or five, six just, times. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not a, you know, so, you know, I think, you know, we, we, we want to get the, you know, guys want to get, and I do, I want to be a perfect shot. You know, I want to hit the milk cap every time but you know i'm settled that that is absolutely not going to happen when you're hunting you know i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of things that come into play and you know it's you, you're not going to make it just totally perfect you're just not and i for for me that's kind of what the allure is you know if you went out and shot a you went out and shot a 350 inch elk every time you hit the woods it's not any it's not going to be fun I mean, the no. challenge of it is is what makes it, you know, when you, you know, work on it and go out there, and then when you finally accomplish that, it's a big deal. Like I said, I anybody that goes out elk hunting with a with archery equipment, I mean, obviously recurve longbows is is tougher. I mean, it just it just is. But you know, you go out and you're successful. You know, shooting, I mean, I haven't, I mean, I've killed four or five mule deer. I, I haven't hunted them a whole, a ton, but, you know, you go out west and get up in the mountains and start hunting those animals and you're successful with the recurve. That's a big deal. Well, I mean, you've I been hunting, what, 
you've been hunting elk for 30 years and it sounds like it's just now starting to come together for you as far as uh, yeah, you know, behavior. I was thinking about it before, you know, before you called and I, I've killed 10 elk is what I've killed. So I mean, I've so, you know, I want every three years, but I did have a, I got, I know you don't know this, but I kind of in 2000, I don't know, in three or four or whatever, I got into this bear thing and I just yelped kind of went by the wayside <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i didn't do much elk cutting in 2000 i want to say 2002 or three i don't think i i don't think i went back to elk cut until like 2008 but you know before that i did do, i hunted a lot i hunted from 87 i bet you i hit i elk hunted every year from 87 till probably 2002 maybe um you know, so I mean, I I did, and I there was a couple years that I I would hit two states. You know, I'd go to Colorado and I'd go to Wyoming, or I'd hit Colorado and go to Montana. But so, you know, um, I mean, why don't why don't you share a couple? You know, maybe the the this year's bull, or I know you've killed a couple of, uh, nice looking bulls the last couple of years. Why don't we maybe get into some of that? Okay, um, you want me to start right at the thinking the, the best one and work my way down, right? <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I said, I shot, um, you know, I hunted public ground, you know, public land, you know, out west pretty much on, you know, 90% of my hunts. This last year, I drew a, I'd been trying to draw a Wyoming tag um, in a unit that was, it's, not hard, hard to draw. I want to say it took three or four points or whatever, but it's but it's ninety percent private ground. So I had a, a fellow that I had done some did some lion hunting with him, and I mule deer hunted and antelope hunted, and uh, and we kind of become good friends. And the way Wyoming works is you you know if you get a bunch of points, you can split them with guys, and they don't necessarily. I don't believe that they have like ranch tags and stuff so he always struggled you know being able to get you know he could get hunters but he never could get tags so i had told him that i would just apply and you know once i get enough points i would uh you know try to split it you know just split it he could use my points and that way he could you know get some other tags and that's a that tag i believe is a general i say it's a general tag you can you know, you can bow hunt, muzzleloader hunt, rifle hunt, you know, so it's, you know, you could hunt pretty much with the weapon of your choice, you know, with that uh, elk, elk tag. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I drew that, I I want to say I had, I mean, maybe I had 11, I don't know, I had 10 or 11 points, and uh, so I had called them, and and uh, he had some guys coming out next year. He had a bunch of guys. He was pretty much going to be full. So he had called me and we talked and, you know, I, he said, well, I said, look, if you want to, you know, if we want to try to draw it, you know, this would be the year. So I had, you know, he, he does guided hunts is, is what he does. I mean, he does, you know, guided hunts. He's got several ranches, um, you know, that he hunts off. They're not, 
you know, I mean, these are wild elk. These elk can go from ranch to ranch to ranch. They're just, you know, what you eliminate is the, you know, all the hunting pressure, basically, which was, you know, if I could do it again, I would be out there next year. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, I had a, you know, tremendous, I had a lot of fun chasing, chasing the elk around. I mean, it was, it's pretty open country. You know, you can get high, you can glass, you can, uh, you know, you can find them, you know, I mean, you can, you know, find them and, and, and get on them. But, uh, I drew the tag and, uh, I had a lot of time. I mean, I had I, this year, I, you know, I was in no, you know, he does a five, he does a five day hunt. And when I tried to work this out with him, I told him, I said, look, I said, I don't really, you know, five days is probably not going to be, I just want to, I always want to have time on my side. So I just asked him if I could, you know, if I had the time, if I could stay, you know, and, and that was our agreement. Uh, you know, I was kind of doing my, I mean, you know, he took me out and, you know, he had some other things he was doing, getting ready for some, you know, he had some guided hunts that he was, you know, coming in. So, you know, I went out there and he kind of took me and kind of showed me around. And, uh, I pretty much, you know, I, I'm not, again, I'm not the greatest caller, you know, I mean, I can call, I have called them in, you know, but, you know, they're probably not coming in every time I, you know, toot on a call because I really haven't, you know, it's like talking to somebody that speaks a different language. I really have no idea what I'm telling them. And sometimes I think I offend them because they go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> but he showed me, you know, he just kind of showed me around and, uh, and I, you know, he showed me this one, there was one water hole that he showed me and it wasn't really being hit. It wasn't being hit hard at all. I mean, it was not a lot of, uh, it was a, a little spring, a little seep, like a spring that come right out of the, you know, just kind of come right out of the rocks and it seeped over and they had it kind of dammed up for the cows. And, uh, you know, there was a spot there that was, you know, damp and uh, looked like a great wallow. But when we went up and looked at it, you know, it, it just wasn't a lot going on, you know, I mean, they're just, you know, you could tell it was, you know, it was clear. There wasn't any mud on the, the grass. I mean, you know, maybe something was in it a few days earlier, but it wasn't really being hit. So, you know, I was just glassing, you know, and I'd glass the elk. And one thing, you know, that I would not do is, is I wouldn't chase. Like once they went into bed, I would not chase them. Like I would only hunt them, you know, when they were coming out of the timber, when they were coming out, because if, you know, if you run them off, then they're, Mm -hmm. you know, they're off for a couple of days. I mean, you're, you know, you, and, and once they'd go in and bed, you know, you could pretty much bet that you could catch them somewhere, you know, that you could catch them coming out to feed. So I just was hunting them, you know, when they'd come out into these meadows or when they'd come out of the bedding areas. And, uh, you know, I, that's pretty much what I was doing. And so the first day we went up and we kind of looked around and I was, you know, I was, did some spotting and, and I had seen, I saw two or three bulls that were really nice bulls and and it was seeing a lot of elk i mean i really was seeing you know more elk than i you know was used to seeing on a hunt and uh so i walked over one morning i went out for the morning hunt and after that i walked over to that 
back to that water hole that we looked at because it just it was in a just a sweet spot you know it just kind of tucked back in you know it's like they gotta be coming to that and uh so i went over to check it and when i went over to check it they had been in it and there was you know they had been in it their wallow had been hit there was a lot of you know there was a lot of droppings a lot of tracks so there was a little blind they had set up um you know next to a tree where they just took some pine um basically pine branches and just kind of built this little blind but problem is the blind was that was set up there was shoot it was like 50 yards from just 50 yards from probably 60 yards from where the wallow was and you know 50 yards you know right above the water i'm like well this isn't gonna work for me so i'm like you know i'm i'm gonna set this but i gotta i gotta redo something so i made a i made a you know where the water came out and where the wallet was was not you know that that was probably 20 yards and you know you can only the only options i had to set up a little hide was uh you know the trees that were around there so i mean i didn't have a ton to choose from and uh i so i picked this one the one i'm like you know i want to shoot a bull you know and i'm thinking well you know i i you know, was thinking that if they come in to drink, they're going to, you know, if there's any bulls there, they're going to come to the wallow. Well, that wasn't the case, you know. I mean, I, so I set this just absolutely perfect little blind up 20, 25 yards from the, from the wallow. And, uh, the first night I had, uh, the six by six, he come out and, uh, I could hear him come out and he, I didn't know it was a six by six at the time, but he come out and basically come down and started bugling. He was coming, or I could tell he was coming into, to the water, you know, he's coming into where I was set up and, uh, <clears throat> he bugles two or three times and he comes in and I would have shot the bull. Like I, I was like, I'll shoot that bull. I mean, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a monster to, to 270. I mean, he wasn't, but he was a six by six and, and I would have been totally happy with him. So he comes in and he drinks and then just turns around and leaves. Never comes over to the wallow, which I didn't think was fair at all. You know, I mean, I, it's the rut. You know, why would you do that? So he comes down, gets a drink, and turns around and just leaves. And, uh, man, about 15 minutes later, I had another bull come in and it was a, like a six by five. I mean, he was a little, a little bit smaller than, uh, in the, in the six by six, you know, two fifty, two thirty, two forty, somewhere in that range, it was just wasn't a big bull. So he comes in and does the very same thing, you know, gets a drink and turns around and leaves. And uh, you know, they're a couple where they're drinking at, they're you know, they're fifty yards from me. I mean, they're they're a pretty good little poke. So I'm like, oh man, you know, what am I going to do? There's one tree that was like. And I had thought about building a blind in that tree, but it had this, I, I do not know what kind of, uh, you know, I don't know what kind of bush it was, but man, it was like really super prickly, like pines that grow, grow close to the ground. And, uh, you know, I was trying to like move them out of the way because I originally, that's where I was going to set up, but it was just it's like, oh man, right, this is brutal. So after that, first night i uh 
I'm like, you know, I got to move. I got to move my blind. So my plan the next morning was to come back up and sit, try to move that blind and get, get to the water because it's like there is obviously they're coming to the water and that's where I need to be. And, uh, so the next day I get up there about, and I was, a, I hunted in the morning, just kind of did some glassing and, uh, I went back in there and I'm thought I was in there plenty early. Like I thought I was early, early, early got in there, like maybe 10 o'clock plenty of, you know, it was hot. It was, you know, the sun was out. I'm like, man, everything will be bedded up. I'm going to have plenty of time to get this done and I'll be good to go. And I get in there and I took some leather gloves back so I could get that blind built. When I got in there, I'm standing there and I'm like, this is going to be a lot of work. You know, it's like, this is this is a lot of work to look at this like I gotta you know, it's like I was just contemplating on I was contemplating on sitting the one I already had built another night. <laughs> well while I'm standing there looking at this tree, deciding whether I'm gonna move the blind, this bull starts bugling. And he's not a he's a hundred yards from me. And he bugles. I'm like, You got to be kidding. What are the chances? You know, what's the chance is it, you know, thinking 12 o'clock in the afternoon, the bull's going to be 100 yards from me bugling in the timber. So I'm like, you know, I, I, now my mind's made up. It's like I got to go to my, I got to go to the blind. I already got set up. So I get in there. That bull bugled. He bugled. He must have bugled from 12, 12 o'clock till like, six o'clock like wow. every stinking few every 15 20 minutes man he'd be i mean he was just it's like he and he you know at one time he got up and he moved a little bit and he'd bugle and he'd bugle well in the meantime uh, like he'd bugle and i'm like well, i'm not gonna bugle back at him because he's gonna come in here i mean it's like he's kind of calm i just wait him out well while i'm waiting him out you know it gets to be about three thirty, four o'clock i hear this other bull bugle and uh it's that same six by six so he comes in and does the same thing he does the night before he comes in gets a drink turns around and leaves so he leaves and then i have two little five by fives that came in well they come over to the wall and splashed around you know stuck their horns in the mud and you know flipped themselves over and it's like i'm not shooting i'm not shooting those bulls you know it's like you know, if I, I got a lot of time and if I wait, I'll get a shot at something a little nicer. And, uh, so that bull, those two bulls, five by fives came in and they wallowed and they, um, so they left and that bull was still down there bugling. Well, I was where I was sitting. I could glass like there was, I could glass that hillside and it was fairly thick, but there was a couple spots that was open and once the sun started setting, setting, you know, and the you know, when the shadows start coming, you know, once the shadow, you know, you, the sun starts setting, and you start getting shadows on the, you know, the side of the mountain, you know, and it's, you know, you figure stuff's going to start moving at that time. Well, I was look watching some of these open spots, and I looked up in one, one of the spots, and I, I seen a cow. And so I got my binoculars out and I was glassing and I, you know, I picked out another one in the trees and 
then another one, and then I, you know, I ended up picking out like four or five different cows. And those cows, from where the bull was bugling and where those cows were, I, you know, I estimated it was probably 200 yards. So I'm like, man, that, that bull can't be with those cows. And uh, so I watched the cows, and they kind of fed around. And uh, and all of a sudden, I seen a bull. I'm like, and I was looking at him. I'm like, oh, that's a good one. That's a, that's a really good one. So I was watching him, and I would watch him. And he wouldn't bugle, but this this one that was, you know, like I said, a couple hundred yards from me in the trees, he'd bugle. And, you know, the cows would feed, and the other bull was up there with them, and, and he was a good one. And uh, so the five-by-fives came in, wallowed, left, and, you know, I had that bull bugling, and I had those other cows up in there, and they were they were from from where I was, they were probably 400 yards, um, you know, across from me, and they moved. You know, they all, all it looked to me like they all kind of moved off, and I I still had that bull bugling. Well, at that time, I'm like, I'm gonna go call up. I mean, he's must not. I mean, it was I probably had a half hour maybe before before. I mean, the sun was starting to set. You know, I still had some time, um, you know, plenty of daylight. I'm like, I can't. I mean, I, I was dead set that the bull was going to come in. And uh, I'm like, well, if he's not going to come in. I think I can call him in. So I get out of the blind. I get my call and take my bow. And, and I just went right at him. Like, I got the wind, checked the wind. The wind, everything was, was good. So I just went right to him. And it was super thick. I mean, once I got, got in there. I got in there and I, I, I know I was within probably 70 yards of him and I bugled. And as soon as I bugled, he bugled right back at me, but he would not come. Like he, you know, I did, did that. I threw a few Kyle calls at him and he just, he he just would not come. He just, he wasn't coming. Well, I ended up getting down in there and I called the, probably the same two five by fives that came into the wallow. I ended up calling them and uh, within, I mean, they were within, I called the one bull and he must have been six, seven feet from me. I mean, it was just super thick. I mean, he just, he come right in, but, you know, they were, they were not what I was going to put my tag on for sure. Not after what I, you know, what I was seeing. I mean, I was fairly confident that that bullet was coming from water, that if I kept waiting, I would get up, be able to get a shot at him. So I ended up the next day pretty much did the same thing. And the next day I come in and I tried to come in a little bit earlier. Like I tried to get in there about, I didn't want to come in before dark, but I kind of got up in there and, and as it got daylight, I just kind of worked my way down there. And then I got in there and I just went ahead and moved that blind and, uh, Pretty much said it. I mean, I'm since I'm not a great caller, I'm, I'm a I'm a lot more patient than I am. You know, I mean, I'm a lot more confident being patient. Um, you know, especially if I know I'm on a spot where, you know, where they're going to be coming. And uh, this this spot I was 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 it. You know, it's like they're coming. They're gonna. They're, they all know are coming to this water hole. They're gonna drink. They're gonna. You know, they've been in this wallow. You know, I mean, the last two days were, were, I mean, I 
could have shot elk, you know, both nights I was in there. So the third, the third day I got in there super, super early, moved the blind and, uh, moved the blind over to where I had a shot, about a 20 yard shot at the water. So I got that moved, got all set up and, you know, basically just spent the day in my hide and, uh, and it was pretty slow. Like it wasn't, you know, the, the two days before that, I, you know, I had a lot of action real early, but man, things didn't start happening until about, <clears throat> about an hour and a half before, before it got dark. And it, I mean, I, I didn't hear anything bugle and I ended up having a five by uh, six by five he came into the water and drank but you know he wasn't wasn't the one i was you know i just i knew there was two good bulls there in the area and you know i was pretty much you know my bet was that if i sat there long enough that i would get a shot at him so so i let the five by uh, the five by six go and he come in drank turn around and left and uh, the way the bull you know i I did think that there was some better bulls in there because all these other bulls, they would come drink and leave. Like they just didn't mess around. You know, they weren't, they weren't staying in the wallow. They weren't, they come in, they drink and, you know, they weren't bugling. They weren't, they were, you know, they might bugle on their way in, but once they got in there, they really, you know, get to drink and get out of there. So that five by or six by five, he left. And about a half hour later, I heard some rocks kind of behind me. Um, and I was looking through the back of my blind trying to, you know, see what was out there. And I ended up catching, there was a bull coming in like dead behind me. And the wind, he was actually coming in, um, and the wind was blowing pretty much to him. I mean, it wasn't a direct uh, directly to him, but I'm sure I'm pretty pretty sure that he got up there and, and winded me. You know, I mean, you can tell what the wind's doing where you are, but you know, twenty, thirty, four. You know, once it gets out twenty, thirty, forty, fifty yards from me, you don't know what it does. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it could take a hard left, hard right. I mean, there's just no telling. And uh, he he was kind of coming in, and it just wasn't a good situation. And I'm pretty i'm pretty sure that he winded me so he kind of i caught a glimpse of him and then i didn't see him again and while that was happening um i had a cow come in directly behind me so she comes in and she starts mewing a little bit and i'm like oh this is this is going to be good you know i mean if he i mean if there's cows the bigger bulls are probably going to be with them cows and uh one cow came in and another cow came in and a cow, I mean, there must have been, you know, 10 or 12 of them come in and they were coming in and they were all, there was a, this water, this spring was fairly small, you know, I mean, it just, once they all got into it, I mean, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of room for all the elk that were in there trying to get a drink, I can tell you that. And then here comes the bull and I'm, I think that the bull that I, shot was the same bull I saw two nights earlier up on the hillside with the cows. I'm I'm fairly certain that it was the same bull. But all those cows came in there and then here comes the bull. The bull came right in. And and the bull that spooked, he may have spooked because 
because that big bigger bull and the cows were coming to the water. So so he, there's a possibility he didn't win me, but regardless, he didn't come in, and then I didn't see him. But so the cows came in, and the bull came in, and he's 20 yards from me, just I mean perfect. But he's in the middle of every one of like like if if I miss him. If I miss him, if I shoot through him, if anything happens, I'm shooting two elk. Like when he comes in and he stands in those elk, there's elk. If I miss him under him, I'm going to hit an elk. If, if I miss over him, I'm hitting an elk. If I shoot in front of him, I'm hitting an elk. I shoot behind him, I'm hitting an elk. If I, if I get a pass through, I'm probably hitting another elk. So he came in and I let him, you know, it's like this is not gonna this is not gonna turn out good so he came in and he kind of got a drink and he ended up kind of going to the other side of him the other he kind of went right through him and he stopped and he started to get a little drink and then he went through him and turned around and it's like he was it's like there was a couple of them that had moved uh you know moved off a little bit and it's almost like he just circled around them and just rounded them back up so you know he come in came in and then some you know a couple of the cows had got a drinks and they were starting to kind of not disperse but they were you know getting a little bit more spread out and uh, so he comes back in and uh to get a drink and when he did you know i took the shot and as soon as the arrow hit him and, and i've not you know i don't think i've ever had this happen um, but as soon as the arrow hit him, I like where the arrow hit him was absolutely perfect. Like I wouldn't, I'm like, that's perfect shot. And in hindsight, you know, my arrows, I, I usually, I like, like to shoot them. Like I like for the feathers and, the, you know, the feather end of the arrow to be, I shoot white knocks. I like, I want to be able to see the feathers and I want to be able to see my arrow. So, you know, I shoot white feathers, white knocks, and usually have a little white cresting, um, you know, on that end. So the arrow goes in him. He takes one step, and the arrow, what it ended up doing was breaking and, like, flips out. But when it did, it happened so fast, I didn't think I got any penetration. Like, I, it was very odd, you know. It's like, that was a perfect shot. It's like, what happened? And... And what ended up, and so, so when the arrow hit him, he turns around, he takes one step, the arrow breaks, and it kind of like flips out. And all the cows were still in the like the cows kind of knew something happened, but they weren't leaving. And so he, it held him in there, like he stayed there. You know, he's like, we need to go, and you know, the cows weren't leaving, so he he kind of got around to the backside of them. And he was about 40 yards from me. And he started, he coughed like once or twice. And when he coughed, I'm like, you know, that I, you know, and I had my binoculars out. I was looking at him and I was trying to look and see, you know, you know, where I hit him. And I, I wasn't seeing, you know, a lot of blood come out of, you know, where I hit him. Like it was just, you know, I wasn't getting that that lung blood you know when you hit them and you know it's just blowing right out the side you know you know um you know what you got i wasn't getting any of that so i was looking at his you know i was watching him breathe and stuff and i you know 
he wasn't breathing out of it. It was there was no blood coming out of his mouth or anything like that. So, but he was acting really funny, you know, like he was just acting kind of lethargic. Like you know, it's like he didn't feel good. And he'd look at them cows, and then he'd turn around, and he'd kind of just stand there. And he ended up walking, just started walking away from the cows. And uh, I'm like, well, that's that's good, you know. I mean, she must not be, she must not be doing too good. And the cows, pretty like I said, they stayed in there, and they were, you know, once they had all drank, they. Uh, just started to kind of move off. Well, at that time he was, had moved out. He was probably 50, 50 yards from me. And I'd watched him go behind this pine tree. Well, when he went behind that pine tree, I could still see him standing, you know, he was kind of standing there and I was getting a little bit nervous. I'm like, you know, I I really would like to shoot him again. I mean, I was thought everything was good, but I just, you know, when I wasn't seeing, you know, what I thought I should be seeing, I was extremely nervous about the penetration. And uh, so once the cows moved off, I kind of got out of that blind and I just went straight towards that. I kept the pine tree between me and him. And, you know, it was pretty easy, pretty easy going. I mean, I could, you know, so I closed the gap. And and when I I got down there, he started to like lay down. And when he laid down, I'm like, I'm going to shoot him again. I mean, I, I don't think it's necessary, but I'm, you know, I, I just kind of thought he was on his feet longer than he should have been. So I ended up, he lays down, I shoot him again. And that was, you know, right in the, you know, right basically in the underside of him. But I, I did at that point, it really was, I mean, I think he was, you know, he was yeah. done. I mean, when he went down, it was over. So when I, when I ended up, up, I ended up field dressing him, and and what happened was that the arrow went in, and, and when he took the step, it broke the arrow off, and there was literally, there was literally probably eight, ten inches. There was like eight inches of arrow in his lung cavity. So, so once I field dressed him, you know, I got, I could, when I field dressed him, I stuck my hand up there, and I could, I grabbed that end of the arrow, you know, the broadhead end of the arrow. So when I got all that done i was just kind of curious as to you know how much penetration i got so i stuck that arrow back in you know the same hole right there where i hit him and i hit like the like it was right up the leg maybe two inches behind the leg just kind of right on the edge of that that shoulder the scapula there mm-hmm. and when i stuck that arrow in there it basically when i looked in his chest cavity you know, it went, I mean, right through both lungs and basically, you know, went into the, you know, touched the offside. I mean, he it was, a, the first yeah. arrow was plenty good enough. It was yeah. a done deal. It just, you know, I just wasn't seeing what I thought I should see. But, so. So what, what is your, uh, what was that setup that you were uh, with this year? That was a, I'm shooting a bear. Uh, an A-handle bear takedown with number three limbs, which makes a 60-inch bow. And uh, I believe those were – I got a set of 57 and I got a set of 55. I think I had the 55s on there, 55 pounds at, at 28 inches. 
60-inch bow. Um, yeah. And I was shooting those. I was shooting my my Zwickies with um, those. I shoot those grizzly sticks. And I think on that I shot the, the Alaskans is what I had. So I went to the Alaska. I mean, the Alaskans were flying a little better. So, I mean, I used those. Um, I, I shoot those Sitkas, which are probably the lightest arrows that they make. But, you know, I was shooting the, oh, I, I had taken two sets of limbs and the, the grizzled, the Alaskans were flying out of the, um, you know, fly with the 55 and the 57 pounders. They were, you know, it's pretty much getting the same, what, what's same your, thing out of them. What's your total arrow weight on that setup? Uh, about four pounds, two ounces. <laughs> I had no idea how much it weighed. It weighed as much as a 29-inch arrow with a with the Zwicky Delta on the end of it. I, I you know, I you got to be 600 grains, I would think. I mean, I but I don't truthfully know. I mean, I is that heavy enough? Hey, it sounds like it uh, did the job just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think that, you know, not, I, I think that the, you know, the weight thing is, I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer in weight, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to claim to be a, you know, no, any kind of physics or anything like that. But I mean, I, I do think that, you know, the heavier you shoot, the better, but you know, I think there can be, be too heavy too, you know, I mean, you can. You know, you can have an arrow too heavy. I mean, you know, I, I think there's, you know, kind of a, you know, happy medium in there, but I don't know. I mean, that's, I've, you know, as far as the weight thing goes, you know, I mean, I, you know, if you take a tennis ball and you drop it on your toe, you know, you can kind of, you know, you can kind of deal with that. You know, you take a bowling ball and drop it on your toes and, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, bowling ball is going to hurt more than the tennis ball. So, you know, a heavier arrow is obviously going to be probably give you a little more, you know, performance than, than a lighter one. But I guess there's a lot of guys killing stuff with light arrows, right? I guess it all works if you put it in the right spot. (laughs) Yeah. That's, uh, that's usually the key for sure. I mean, that's, are you planning uh, an elk hunt for next year already, or got your mind wrapped around whitetails? Uh, Any big bucks you're getting after? Or? You know, I, I, our season came in the first of uh, October, and uh, I just bought my tags yesterday. So I'm, I'm kind of. I learned a long time ago. You know, I, I, you know, I was probably gone for. I want to say I was gone for like three weeks this year from my elk hunt, you know, but, um, you know, so I've learned that when I get home, you know, I don't go right into, I've done that in the past and it's not, you know, I mean, I've, I've tested my wife more than I want to (laughs) test her. So I've learned as I get older that I, I kind of ease from one season to the next, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little easier for us because, we don't really have a October season here in Oregon for us, so we're kind of forced to wait till November. 
Yeah, we're easing, yeah, we're well, easing back into doing this podcast thing. Now we we know exactly what you're talking about with the easing. That's for sure. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I went. To, I went to. Um, you know, when I went left Wyoming, I went down and I, I had a few days. You know, I didn't have a few days. I made a few days, you know, I mean, my, my boss is a super cool dude, you know, I mean, he's all about, <laughs> he thinks that haunting is way more important than work for sure. So, so, uh, I had a few days on the, you know, when I had picked a friend of mine up at Denver airport and I dropped him off back at the Denver airport on the way back. And, uh, and then I went out and, uh, you know, Trent was hunting there. He had had a draw unit he was hunting in and, uh, Trent Winger went down. Yeah, went down with him and uh, and hunted a little bit there in Colorado with him. He had drew a tag, and uh, you know it's a unit that I, you know, I'd never been in. So I'm like, you know, I'll go down and just kick around with him a little bit. But uh, I'll tell you what, you know, he's a super. I mean, that kid is a super good hunter. I mean, if I was as good as he was at, at his age, I would. I'd be a superhero, man. <laughs> definitely. He is definitely a, a, a really good dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, extremely, uh, you know, he's extremely efficient and he's not, you know, that's, I've found that most guys that are super successful, I say super successful, most guys that are successful doing, you know, the, the, tradi- you know, I mean, you are limiting yourself when you go to tradition, you know, when you start shooting this equipment, you, you're definitely putting, you know, the odds are, you know, going, going to be in the animal's favor. But uh, unless you're, not. unless you're a plumber, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Something, something know. about plumbers. I mean, you guys, all you guys walk and definitely killers. Yeah, you guys walk and shit, you kill shit. I don't know. <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> that's what that's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Trent, Trent definitely is the man. So you had a good time uh, hanging out with Trent. Were you there when he killed his bull in Colorado? Yeah, I was. I uh, went down and uh, I mean, it's probably his story to tell, but it was uh, it was a. Uh, I had a good time, you know. I mean, I definitely cannot I cannot keep up with him, but he is he's you know he's what I was going to say is most of the guys that are successful with with you know i i don't think there, if there's any secret sauce in being successful you know shooting recurves or long bows or, or self bows or you know archery equipment is being extremely persistent you know and and i mean you got to hunt smart i mean you can't just you know i don't think you just willy-nilly walk around and but i mean if you're hunting smart trying to keep the wind in your favor and you keep you keep grinding you you know you will make you will get some opportunities, you know, I mean, I, I just don't, you know, a lot of guys think that, you know, I know nothing special. I just, I mean, I think, here's what I will tell you. I think that, I think that OCD is more important than FOC. I'm going to just tell you that. I mean, if, if you. OCD <laughs> is more important than FOC. I think we should end on that one right there. I love it. Um, love it. OCD <laughs> is better than FOC. I think that's, uh, I think that's a great one. Yeah, for Quote sure. For well, if, if, let me, let me clarify that. 
if you're hunting, you know, if you're in the woods and you're hunting, you know, and you're extremely persistent and you do just keep driving and grinding and it's, you know, you, you, you know, you, you know, you, it can be tough and, uh, you know, you're going to, you know, you'll get some opportunities. And I mean, that's, you know, turns to prime example, you know, I mean, he was hunting hard, hard, hard. And, uh, you know, when I got down there, it was, you know, it's like things were just kind of starting to turn on, but I mean, we were really, you know, we were into them and, uh, you know, we just kept going and going and, uh, uh, and uh, he made it happen. I will tell you this: this this is kind of funny. Like I didn't tell Trent this, but I'm sure he's going to hear it. But you know, we I hunted with him for I want to say it was on the third day. We, we were back in, and we kind of run out of food. And it's like you know, it's like well, we need to get higher on the mountain. We need to come in from this this way. And so we were walking out, and he had hunted that night. And we were walking out, and we had about man, yeah, maybe a two and a half mile hike and we're hiking along and i'm like man you know this is you know and i could tell trent did not want to like he did not want to you know he was trying to talk himself into well okay you know i've hunted hard you know but he didn't want to give up you know he could just tell it and uh so we're walking along and i'm like well trent i said if you want to i said we can and and i was i said it to him thinking well he's going to you know, he's going to think about it and he'll, you know, he's, I'm thinking, well, he's, I don't know, you know, I don't know if he's going to keep going or not, man. He stopped in the middle of that trail. And like I, I had said to him, man, maybe we should go up above him and try to get on him. And he stopped right there. I mean, there was no hesitation in him at all. He's like, well, you know, if we're going to do that, why don't we walk right back in there and we'll just, I'm like, Oh man, I know I was, I was thinking that he was going to, he was going to say, no, Oh, you know, we'll just, but he was not going to throw in the towel. And, you know, that's what it takes. You know, I mean, the next morning, I mean, we walked out and uh, luckily we got a, you know, when we walked out, we had a, a longer walk to get the truck um, from where we came out. But we, we luckily, when we came out, we ran into, you know, a guy coming up the road. So he gave us a ride up to the truck and, uh, and we kind of resituated. And the next morning we got up and I don't know how while we hiked in but i mean it was you know a couple two or three miles in the dark but you know just that quick you know i mean things turn around but you know that's just you know that's the kind of stuff that will happen you know if you just keep you know you just keep beating it you know i mean you just keep i guess my big takeaway from this is stay persistent keep the wind in your face pick a spot and shoot straight <laughs> there you go. This is uh, pretty yeah. good. There yeah. it is. And um, and OCD is more important yeah. than FOC. That's that's awesome. FOC. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, those are all good points, Chris. And and uh, I know you try to play yourself down, but you've been at it a long time. And that I think that's a good side for a lot of the younger guys to hear. I know they can they can. Uh, there's a lot of great instruction out there, but there's also a lot of different ways to uh skin a cat and uh and obviously what you're doing is not the wrong well, way there's so probably, we can all listen there's, to it. there's probably a lot more you know there's way more i mean you know i even get you know i mean i you know i'm interested in talking to a lot of these guys because i mean i'm i you know i'm i'm not going to stick my head in the sand and say there's not things that you know i can't pick up from mm-hmm. them because you know and even like 
I mean, you take a guy like Tom Klum or, you know, a lot of these guys, I mean, they, they shoot bows and they know all the intricate ins and outs on all of that, but they've also got a lot of experience hunting. You know, you, you, I think you have to have, you know, you have to have them both. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like you, you know, I've I've shot, I've shot leagues with guys that are terrific shots and, and, and way better shots than I am. But I just, I don't know, you know, I mean, every time I've, every time I've went to the, you know, just things are different. You know, when you're, when you're out in the woods trying to shoot animals, it's a different deal. You know I mean? You have, you know, you got to make the right decision every time. And, you know, it's, there's, there's always, you know, it's just not that perfect environment. You know I mean? You can't, you know, you got to take the shot when you get the shot and you got to know which shot, you know, what's, what's an ethical shot to take, what's not an ethical shot to take. You got to make those decisions, you know, very quickly, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody wants, you know, you get 20 yards from an animal. Nobody wants to, you know, you want to, you want to find a shot opportunity. You know I mean? I, you know, I get that. I've been there many times, but you know, I mean, so I, what, that's what, all. What would you leave the listeners with? Uh, one uh, big takeaway for for elk hunting for the guys that are listening. I don't know, you know. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm. I told you, I told you what I've done. I've just been. So we're gonna stick with. Uh, OCD is better than FOC. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, you, all right, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Well, don't 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 forget to uh, tell your uh, friends about the podcast. Subscribe to us on the iTunes, Stitcher. Podbean, Google Play. Check us out on Instagram. We've got some really good giveaways coming up. Uh, we've got some uh, bows coming from Bear Bows, a backpack from Kefaro International, some arrows from Addictive Archery, uh, a lot of good stuff coming for the giveaways. Check us out on Instagram. Leave us a review on iTunes. Send us an email at tradquestpodcast at gmail.com. And once again, keep the wind in your face, pick a spot, and shoot straight. <laughs>